BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Geek 5 Live. Are you going to play a draft, Dane? I don't have no. any access to the. Oh, we're just going to go. We're just going to go oh, into okay, it. Cool. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to introduce the show. I just every time, I, every time I get ready to do it, I keep forgetting Dane usually plays a drop, so I didn't want to start talking over the drop. Anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> welcome to <laughs> episode. Who cares? We don't keep count. Um, this is going to be a very fun show. By the way. Of course, Dane. Of course. <laughs> I had it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are the worst. Anyway, to our listeners who are wondering why we are uh, on this early, this will be our new time that we will be doing the show from 5 to 7 every Sunday instead of 8 to 10. Um, but without further ado, this is Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Juwan. I'm joined by my amazing panel, Dane. What's going on, Dane? Hi, I'm Dane. He indeed is. And we are joined by the silent assassin himself, Kanan. What's going on, Kanan? What's going on? It's good. You were supposed Sunday. to say nothing. Kanan, I don't we know. have I don't, rehearsed I, I did. I did that. I did that. I did that a while back, and everybody was like, "Hello, are you there?" So, I mean, you know. Yeah, but that was the mystique of your character. Anyway, whatever. You ruined it. Uh, <laughs> right. We have a great show uh, in store for you guys today. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Um, we were going to start off with the Deadpool news, but since me, Dane, and Kanan were getting into the Thanos story, I feel like we should probably start with that since that was the most recent thing we were talking about, and it was really fun what we were discussing. So we're going to start with that. Then we'll get into everything else. Um, uh, All right, so recently Kevin Feige came out with a report saying Thanos uh, pretty much is going to feel justified. Um, I don't have the exact quote because we're not professionals. Uh, No, but seriously. Um, He kind of just, I'm paraphrasing, went along the lines of saying uh, apparently Thanos uh, events happen for Thanos to lose not only his people, but his planet. Um, and the reason he comes to Earth to take out the Avengers is because he feels as though they will walk down a path to where they will uh, 
pretty much self-destruct themselves and the planet, and he is kind of looking to save them from themselves. Dane, did I get that right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, that, was, right. that, was, so, that was a vote of confidence right there. That was an extreme vote of confidence. That was almost like you didn't, but I don't want to tell the world that you're horrible. Uh, so, but no, pretty much uh, Kevin Feige's uh, pretty much standpoint on that was Thanos in Infinity Wars will feel justified. Uh, so, Dane, I'll go to you first. Do you like the idea of Thanos feeling as though he's doing the right thing? Yeah, you know, I, I really would like um, Thanos actually to collect daisies um, every Wednesday with his grandmother. <laughs> and they have like a scene of that. Um, no, I don't. I don't like this concept at all. I'm hoping that there's more to it. Uh, I don't mind it that he feels vindicated, but I want him to feel vindicated either by the original concept that he's obsessed with death, and you don't have to have it so he's like making out with a freaking skeleton, quipping weird out there. Uh, anyways, but you know something where he's the Mad Titan. He's look what he did with his daughters, Nebula, for instance. Like he's not a good guy. We don't have to have every villain not necessarily be sympathetic, but have some inner motive that, that, that suits them and their purpose, like Killmonger, like Magneto. Those villains are great dynamic, but the other great dynamic are villains like Carnage, like Joker. And people are going to be like, well, like Joker, but the killing joke, the killing joke at the end of it, Joker admitted that, that most of the stuff that was talked about might've been bullshit. So we don't even know if that was like just a bunch of crap because he's an entity of chaos. And, and Darkseid's another person that embodies that. So I'm hoping this is a swerve. Instead of whatever happened to his planet and him trying to save his people, it's in actuality what it, what it was in the comics, which is he killed his parents, I believe his mother, maybe not his father mentor, but he killed his mother and a couple of the family members and then went on a genocide and killed millions of his own people to help out this death concept. Even put it, maybe, maybe she's a fact, or, or, you know, in his head, basically. I don't know, but I don't want him sympathetic. I think that's dumb, and, you know, I, I pretty much hate it. And I just have this, this to say. Not down with that. We got two words for you. I will say, Dane, I will say Dane 100% enjoys the fact that he now has a full uh, soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last one I'm going to mess that with, is... promise, bro. <laughs> um, but no, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. The, the way I looked at it is uh, the past Avengers villains uh, felt justified. Loki, albeit, came off very mischievous. We know his motives were stemming from the events of Thor, to which he was seeming very justified. He was the hurt, uh, shunned out uh, brother that never got the attention from mommy and daddy that he wanted, um, and he was jealous of Thor. And he knew how much Thor loves Earth, so why not bring chaos to something Thor loves? Ultron. Ultron, we know, wanted to rebuild the world in his own image. He felt justified. He thought what he was doing was for the betterment of, of humanity. Um, and we know in the comics that that was nothing like Ultron, uh, what we got in the movies. Ultron in the comics just wanted all humans to be gone. He went like a world full of like robots. Um, you know, so they watered down these characters a little bit for these Avenger films. And I completely can see why you, you have an issue uh, 
with the idea of that, Dane. And I, I would agree with you. I hope they do kind of swerve it to where, you know, I was saying this on top 10 last night, kind of piggybacking off your point. I would love it if, you know, Thanos, while he's fighting the Avengers, is telling him, you know, I lost my people because uh, I thought I knew everything, like you guys and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, when Gamora comes and, you know, you know, while they're in battle, she just kind of tells him, like, that's not true. Like, he killed everybody on his own home world, you know. And then he kind of gives this smile. And then, you know, the Avengers are like, like, who are you? Like, you're this horrible person or whatever. Um, so I definitely like a, a – a mixture of that, but as far as his motives, I'm okay with it because again, I was rewatching uh, both the Guardians. What he did to go, uh, what he did to Nebula, completely peeling apart her her skin and her body and replacing it with uh, robot parts, and even what uh, a few characters in the movie were saying about Thanos, it made him seem every bit of Mad Titan that we want him to be. So it seems like even if he does have you know, uh, these motives that seem a little too mushy, it seems like he's still going to be killing a lot of people. Um, but before I get back to you, Dane, for you to respond, uh, Kanan, what are your thoughts on Thanos feeling justified? I mean, I think you can, I think you can take a look at it like every villain in a way feels like they're justified, that they all feel like what they're doing is for the betterment of you know, the world or the universe. Uh, but, you know, they're they're just really out to achieve their own goals. And I, I, I think Marvel can go that road with Thanos um, because there are people that do want to see Thanos just obliterate. They want to see the bad guy win, uh, finally, because none of these other villains, and even Robert Downey Jr. admitted, none of these other villains were a threat. They were never meant to be a threat. Thanos has always been the ultimate villain, and I think it's okay to like him, um, but I want Thanos to be ruthless. I mean, it's okay for him to have an agenda. He lost his world, but I don't want him to be this, like, caring person, you know, that comes out and, you know, he has a moment where they think they can, you know, rationalize with him. I want him just to be just straight up trying to annihilate everybody. But he is trying to fulfill his own agenda. He is, he does think he's probably the good guy in all this. Uh, we know he's not. We know that um, Brolin has said in interviews that, um, you know, he doesn't care about anybody. He doesn't care about Nebula. He doesn't care about Gamora. He used them. They were toys. They were pawns in his scheme uh, to get what he wanted. And I mean, ultimately, that's probably going to be his downfall. But. Uh, I just the way they're wording this, I think has a lot of people, you know, kind of on the fence about how they're wanting to take uh, this villain. But I think I'm pretty confident with what the Russos have said that Thanos is, you know, he's legit. He's the bad guy. He's going to be a bad guy. Um, I, I just don't know why they're trying to come out now and say, hey, people are going to connect with him, and they're going to. I mean, we connected with Killmonger. We understood where he was coming from. He had a legit reason he wasn't he was a bad guy but you know there were things that made him that way uh whereas thanos is out to destroy the entire world that's not something really killmonger was out to do he was you know just out to destroy uh t'challa well killmonger also wanted to destroy a, a, a particular race i think he made that very clear uh he was looking to overthrow um, but I, I get your point, 
and I want to ask you this before I pass it right back to you, Dane. Um, you said, you know, you didn't want Thanos to to be someone the Avengers can reason with. So would you want a scene like Gamora is trying to talk him down and he just, like, grabs her by the throat and starts to, like, try to crush it? You want a scene like that? No, I don't yeah. want to see Gamora even – I don't want to see Gamora try to talk him down at all. If anybody would okay. try to maybe reason with him, it would be Nebula. Um, I think Gamora knows who he is. I think Gamora has accepted uh, and has always kill him. Um, Nebula might be that person that might try to, to sway him um, because she has her own agenda. Um, you know, she has you know her own plans – um, that are kind of like evil and twisted. So, no, I mean, I just want Thanos to really be the ultimate destroyer. I want him to be almost the doomsday of Marvel. I want him to come out and have a purpose, not a mindless villain, but I want him just to come out and, and he can't be reasoned with. He's there. You either do what he says or you die. Yeah, well, we do know uh, Nebula, her only motive is to kill Thanos. But I could definitely see her trying to side with him and then maybe trying to kill him and he kills her. But, Dane, what what are your thoughts to everything we've been saying? I mean, I, I agree with you guys for the most part. It's all it's all in the way that they handle it. Uh, you know, there is a difference between sympathetic and justified, but it's a small line between that type of concept. And, you know, there are the villains that it's their products of their environment. You know, that's that's what that's what motivates them. That's That's what makes them treacherous is that Society has made them that way. And then there's ones that, uh, if I can uh, quote, um, you know, Alfred, they just want to watch the world burn. So I don't know. If you want to have, like, aspects of of a middle type of – if you want to give them reasoning, that's fine. But I kind of – I still hope it's a swerve altogether and that even if they don't go with a mistress death angle, he's still pretty damn evil no matter what and pretty damn – you know, even if you cheer for him, it's because we're obsessed with villains anyways, you know. But like I said, uh, Vader had reasoning. Hans Gruber did not, you know. And, I mean, that goes outside of conflict. That's just cinema in general. So I'm sure they'll figure it out. But uh, that's, that's kind of just the way I perceive it. And, you know, if, he's, if he has any scene where he's picking daisies, uh, well, that's not going to happen anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I would hope not because that – would not only be weird, it would be like him and the Hulk, all right, holding hands. Oh, yeah, that would be that would be a sight to behold. Um, all right, so to to pair it with this with this topic, um, Kevin Feige, who's been very chatty lately, um, uh, was when he was asked uh, in an interview um, about characters dying, uh, and he states the big ones that I know they're looking at. I would just uh, say yes. People need to be careful what they wish for. Uh, Dane, when you hear that, what characters are you thinking um, are going to actually stay dead in this film? Well, unfortunately, I think he's talking about the bigger guys that we're wondering, the ones that are associated associated with contracts being, you know, done soon, um, and not so much like someone like Hawkeye. So if anyone gets that concept out of it, I don't think Hawkeye is – you know, big enough to be considered. Um, no. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, I, I think it's going to be Iron Man. It's going to be Captain America. Uh, one of those guys, uh, maybe both of them within the whole entire thing. Or maybe some way, where, and we've talked about this, where 
even if they're not dead by the end of this, they're done. They're doing something else, whether it be if, if Tony is dead and maybe once in a while we'll get him, like, doing some Jarvis-like stuff uh, for Peter or, or something of that nature uh, where he comes in and does that for the Iron Spidey if, if Peter were to go back to this. Uh, this is all just speculation in my head. Um, and Cap, if he were to become, you know, take over for Samuel L. Jackson, that's another person. Nick Fury's died a million times, and everyone complained about it. But that's actually a, a, something that happens pretty relevant to the comic books. He always is known for dying and coming back. So, and I think it was just Winter Soldier. So people need to quit freaking out about that. But either way, Nick Fury could bite the dust uh, by the end of this. Uh, there's major characters. Once it started this whole entire thing, is who they think they're going for. I don't know about Thor. Uh, it could be. You could go take his place as king over at Asgard. I just think that the big three itself is going to be affected. The Marvel trinity, if you will, between Iron Man, Cap, and Thor, in some way will be affected by the end of Avengers 4, basically. So I don't know how they're going to die with the whole rumors lately of, you know, this Avengers taking place where Wakanda's shut down trying to protect Vision. Um, Vision's another one who could probably die who's not a bigger character, but someone, I mean, what's going to happen if, if his jewel's out of his head? I, I don't know. So I, I really think Iron Man's going to bite the bullet. I've been saying that for a long time. I think Cap's going to do something else, but he's going to go in the background, Thor might too, but I think Tony's going to die. So if you're a Tony fan, I am too, but um, I, if it's good to the story, it's good to the story. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm actually going to go a different route. I think um... – and I'm going Avengers 4, not not Infinity War. I think um, I could see the Hulk dying. Uh, and I even have the idea of the scene planned out. Uh, you have Thanos getting ready to take out Black Widow. Um, Hulk jumps in and, like, Thanos, like, shoots, like, something that goes through the Hulk or does something that, that like, stabs the Hulk or something like that. And, um, you know, as, as he's dying, he reaches out to Black Widow's hand. And before he can touch her, he just drops, and the Hulk's gone. Main reason why I think Hulk is the one that's going to go is Ruffalo said, um, uh, obviously since they're never going to get the rights back from Universal to do a solo movie, that uh, Kevin Feige had the idea of doing a three-story arc for the Hulk. Uh, So it'd be Ragnarok, Infinity War, and then Avengers 4. So to me, when I heard that, I'm like, well, that seems like Avengers 4 would be or could be his last movie. Um, and he is one of the the big, uh, you know, the big the big names, like Hulk, uh, I mean, like Thor, Iron Man, and Cap. Uh, and I think it would upset a lot of people if he died. Um, so I think that would definitely resonate with the audience. Only reason, Dane, and uh, I don't think Vision is going to die is because we're expecting it. And remember when we yeah. were all expecting Hawkeye to die in Age of Ultron? Like, they literally set the stage for him to die. We met his family. Uh, you know, there was a moment where he was down on the ground, saved the kid, and it looked like he was about to die, and then he didn't. They killed someone we could care less about. Um, so I think if they make it seem like someone's going to die, that's usually who will not die. Um, so I'm sure Tony, Tony or Wakanda can create technology for Vision to exist without the stone. I don't know if he'll be as powerful. We have yet to see the extent of his actual power. Um, so him without the stone would be really kind of awkward to see how they, they power him without it. But um, I could see I'm, – I'm going with Hulk because that's a name no one's really been 
throwing around lately. So I'm going. I can see Hulk that. I can definitely person. see that. Yeah, Hulk is my person to die. Um, if, if I'm Kevin Feige, I don't know if I want uh, Thor to die off only because of again, Dane, me and you aren't the hugest of fans of Ragnarok, but it was the best portrayal of Thor we've seen in the MCU. So the fact that now you've gotten the character right, you kill him off. I think what you can do is you can have him go away and then come back later. Not for a Thor 4, I just mean for like another team-up movie. Um, so I don't see Thor being the one to die. I think it literally comes down to Iron Man and Cap. Um, and I think it might be in two separate movies. You might lose one You might lose one in Infinity War and one in Avengers 4. Um, but Kanan, what are your thoughts and who do you think will bite the dust? Uh, if we're talking in between both movies, um, I, I don't think you'll see Captain America. I know, I, I know for sure we probably won't see Captain America, Hulk, or Iron Man die in Infinity War because we've seen them already from uh, uh, set photos from Avengers 4. Now, I do think that someone big could die in Avengers 4. Um, I think of uh, Infinity War, we'll probably see maybe one, maybe one bigger name, um, but for the most part, I think it might be a couple of smaller names. I really do think uh, War Machine will die. Um, I do think Vision will die. I think if not, he will be depowered with, you know, the loss of the stone. Um, and th- there may be a way to eventually bring him back. Um, but I think we see. Uh, definitely War Machine die. I think Nebula will die. Uh, I don't. I don't see Thor dying. I'm trying to think. Uh, what about the Hulk? Do you see the Hulk uh, biting the dust? Did you like the idea? It, if if he dies, he it would be in in part four. I think there's a. I think in part four, I think either Chris Evans or or Robert Downey Jr. will die. I think we'll definitely have uh, one of the bigger names uh, die. I honestly think Spider Man will die in Infinity War, and then be brought back in part four, um, or brought back in some capacity uh, within um, uh, Infinity War. I just think it's going to be a huge. I think. They're going to leave us on a cliffhanger with Infinity War, and it's going to be a big name. Uh, I don't expect uh, Spider-Man to stay dead, but I do expect War Machine to stay dead. I think Nebula dies and stays dead. Um, I don't see uh, Wong dying. I mean, he could, uh, but I fully expect him to come back in the next Doctor Strange film. Um I'm trying to think of some some other characters. Uh, we could see Hawkeye die. Um, I think maybe we see Scarlet Witch die. It's just um, it, those those are really uncertain. I do I do think for sure uh, War Machine dies. Well, I, the thing is, he was saying the main one. So when he says the main ones, you have to think the original core. So that's Black Widow, Hawkeye, uh, Hulk, Thor. Cap and Iron Man. I think if you kill War Machine, the crowd's not going to care. I think if you kill Hawkeye, majority of people aren't really going to care because we were we were okay with the idea of him dying in Age of Ultron. So I don't think anyone's really going to care. Well, then he has to be talking about. 
Yeah, go ahead. I said I care more about War Machine, honestly. I don't care about yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah. I love I, I love Jeremy Renner, okay. but I'm just saying. Well no, then if Faggy's talking about if Faggy's talking about somebody big dying, I think he's talk I think he had and staying dead, I think it has to be not in this film but in the next because we've already seen um we've already seen the main three, Hulk, uh, Stark and Captain America in um set photos. So we know that they shot scenes. Um, for that, but I do think that Iron Man could die in Part Four. I think you know that would just be a uh, you know a proper send off for his character because I don't think there's any plans to bring him back for um, a fourth movie. Even though Robert Downey Jr. said if that was to be in the cards, he would be up for it. I don't think there's any plans to do that now that you know they can expand once the Fox deal goes through. Um, so I mean, other than that, I mean, I guess maybe yeah, Thor. Thor could be the one to die. Thor, War Machine, Nebula, will die in Infinity War. Yeah, I I get where you're coming from. I just I I think if you're gonna kill someone in Infinity War and they actually stay dead, it can't be a character that the mainstream, like the people who aren't, you know, consistent with following the movies, would care about, and that has to be the main core. Um, like, if you kill off Nebula, I'm going to be honest. I follow all the movies, and I could care less if they killed off Nebula. Uh, I love Karen Gillian, but who, who cares about Nebula? That would actually be the one I, I would expect more so than Stark. Um, you know, if you really want to leave the, the audience with their jaws on the ground waiting for May of next year, you have it be to where Thanos maybe blows up, like, where they are. Like, Dane, I'll say this, because, Kanan, I know you won't understand the, the connection. Dane, remember how at the start of this season of Arrow, to where the way we found out who survived is when the show started, like, okay, we saw Oliver, we saw Felicity, we saw Diggle, so they survived. But then they didn't immediately show everyone. So we didn't know exactly who survived yet. So maybe you have Avengers 4 start off to where the only ones that survived are Stark, Cat, Banner, and Strange. And that's how they go back in time to try to fix things and stop Thanos mm-hmm. ahead of time. So technically Spidey's dead. Technically uh, War Machine's dead. Technically Bucky's dead. You know what I'm saying? They could go that route. Um, and then whoever, you know, they couldn't fix, they're actually gone. And then you have it end with, like, either Cap or, or, or uh, Stark dying. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? I like that idea. I mean, I think that that's very interesting way of um, going about it. Uh, there's, I kind of the reason why that kind of works out well is because Infinity War. I don't know if they went from the past or from uh, starting off with the past and going, you know, backwards. But it was all vignettes. It was all different parts of a thing, and I, I think that the way that they kind of built that storyline, something like that, could actually work really well. Um, and kind of throw you off, like we were saying, like, you know, which person survived, and you can kind of, like, piece it together. Uh, but that, I hope, is not their, their main thing, like, oh, you're going to see a bunch of people die, and then it's nothing, because that does happen in the comic books. And I forgot, mm-hmm. maybe it's Cap that, that, that saves all of them, uh, inevitably. But So it, that would be kind of, like, cheap a little bit. I think by the end of Avengers 4, regardless, some big names are going to be gone, and I know a lot of people out there are probably like, well, why not just recast? And I, and I, I agree with you. Honestly, if, if it comes to 
even in a couple of years, if Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to come back, if they want to bring Tony Stark back, recast him. I'm sorry. The character is bigger than the actor. I will always say that. But maybe they're giving some time off to see potentially if they'll come back, uh, if they want to feed him into the storyline a couple of years from now. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. You know, these, these people, <laughs> they have normal lives. And even though they're actors, they're not machines. And as Hugh Jackman has said, it's hard to freaking stay in shape uh, for that long, you know, time period. So give Chris Evans a couple of years off and then see if he wants to come back. Even if you kill him, it's comp books. You can figure it out. But I do like that idea of starting it off uh, and kind of going a little bit backwards. Um, maybe even go keep on going from like present to back, you know, and, and doing that whole right. thing that some movies do. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, it's, it's not even the point of, um, well, they definitely need rest. I agree with you uh, on that, Dane. I just want to see a new team. Uh, you know, the, at the end of the day, we've seen these same characters uh, or this main uh, core for almost 10 years now. So I want to see a new cast. I, I, not new cast as in, like, them bringing uh, replacements for Robert Downey Jr. and stuff. Just a new group of, of heroes leading the charge, like Miss Marvel, Spider-Man. Uh, Black Panther, Shuri, uh, Doctor Strange, um, Valkyrie. Uh, you guys know how much I, I, I would love for Valkyrie to take over for Thor while he's gone. Um, I just want to see a new core group. So if you're telling me that this ends and Cap doesn't die or Stark doesn't die and Thor doesn't die and they just go away, I'm fine with that because I've been wanting these new guys to take over um, for a while now, so I'd totally be okay with that. Um, but, Kanan, uh, what are your last thoughts before we move on to the next uh, topic? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, that, I mean, really what I said before was, you know, really all I have to say, you know, regards to it. Um, I sat here and tried to thought about some, think about some other people, but um, I just stick with that for now, and maybe we'll all be pleasantly surprised when the film comes out. That would be very nice. Uh, especially living in a world uh, where we have all the information in the palm of our hands to be surprised would be a a thing I'd be looking forward to. Um, But let's wrap up our Marvel news segment with uh, a second trailer for Avengers should be dropping. Uh, I know Entertainment Weekly is doing something on their show tomorrow night. I believe uh, Canon can speak to that. Um, but I believe a trailer will be dropping, if not sometime this week, the following week. Um, but the question isn't about the trailer per se. Uh, knowing that we get it April 27th, uh, Dane, I'll go to you first. Do we even really need a second trailer? No, and I'm not watching it. I'm, I don't want to know any more information. We've already had quite a bit of uh, stuff, uh, including – yeah, I mean, a lot of us, if you don't know, you saw the crappy footage of the, uh, the Comic-Con trailer. And not, not saying that uh, everyone's seen that, but I'm just saying I have seen enough. I don't need to see more. Um, I said see more. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, think that, I think that collectively, uh, this is the point where I'm really nervous. If I watch something, it will just like kind of ruin something for me. And even though Marvel doesn't have a bad track record, movies do. So I don't really trust the trailer <laughs> presenters uh, anymore. So, yeah, that, that, that's basically how I feel about that. Yeah, Oops, excuse me. I could definitely understand that. Kanan, do you think uh, – do you want uh, another trailer to be released, or do you even think that they should, or should they just leave it at where they're at and maybe just go on with TV spots? 
You know, I actually uh, ran a poll on Twitter about that because with them moving the movie up and us getting, like, in the last couple of days, we've gotten a lot of information. And some of it's been a little bit spoilery. I'm I'm kind of confident and and at ease with them not showing another trailer um, just because we don't have to wait that extra week. And actually, people are going to be seeing the film um, even earlier thanks to advanced screenings and, and stuff like that. Uh, I think if they do show another trailer, I would like for it to be very similar to what we've already seen with maybe one or two shots. But we know how Marvel can be with their trailers, uh, and they kind of get into the spoiler territory. So, I mean, I I don't think people would be upset if they didn't get another trailer just because we are getting it so quickly. Uh, I don't think we need one. I'll watch it, but I don't think we need one. Well, you did have someone uh, very playfully, I want to add, uh, threaten Louis uh, D'Esposito, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, uh, that he'd bring all the might of Thanos' Infinity Stones if he didn't give us another trailer. So you know how this geek community works, Kanan. It's always split. You have people that are like, I'm okay with what we have, and then you're going to have a large portion that's going to say, no, I want another one. Why won't you give me another one? So you know that there's no winning with this geek community. So someone's going to complain if we never do. But I always go back to I, I feel like Civil War gave us a teaser trailer and then an official trailer, and then that was it. What we got from then on was just TV spots. I don't think we got two trailers from Civil War. I could be wrong, but I do not believe we did. And Civil War was a pleasant surprise um, for a lot of this stuff that we didn't see in the trailer uh, and that we might not have known was actually going to be in the movie. So that's kind of how I want to feel for Infinity War. But if it came out tomorrow, I 100% would watch it. So I can't say I wouldn't watch it. I don't want it, just so I'm clear. But I would 100% watch it. I'm a very weak individual. I, I would 100% watch that trailer. You are a very weak individual. I am. Yeah. I am. I own it though. It's it's cool. Kanan, don't <laughs> yeah. Don't don't join in on it. Hey, Juwan. <laughs> I mean, I'm just yeah. being honest, dude. <laughs> you can't join in on it like that, man. Honestly, not that Um. All right. Let's get to our DC news. Let's get out of Marvel news, man. Uh, I need to work on myself. Anyway. Um, Dane, I'm going to go to you for this because you, uh, you had a lot of conversations with people and Kane, and I'm going to go to you right after, because I know you had a lot of conversations with this also, uh, is Shazam juicing? Uh, and by that, I mean, we got, not an official, but we got another set photo. Uh, they refused to give us an official one. So we got another set photo of Zach Levi as Shazam. Uh, so Dane, I will ask you again. Is Shazam juicing? Oh, yeah, he's – I think that he's juicing. No, actually, the reality is it's all padding. Uh, what you see, guys, in the muscles is it's basically a muscle suit uh, similar to what they've used on, I don't know, shitty shows from the friggin' 80s and 90s because that's the way they do it. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, did you guys know that someone that's 6'3 is a small dude and probably couldn't easily put on muscle to make him pretty friggin' buff and – you know, presentable to look like a superhero. Cause that's Zachary Levi. I don't, I don't think anyone realizes how tall this dude was um, and how every fucking time we have an actor that comes out, Oh, they're too skinny. Oh, blah, 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 blah. They're not going to work. And then they muscle up and then they're fine. That was including Henry Cavill. Gal Gadot definitely got a horrible concept with that. And she looked amazing. 
You know, it's always like this with the fan community. They're ridiculous. That costume probably has some minor padding. Yes, it does. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure Henry Cavill said that his costume did too. But that is a majority of, he- of, of Zach Levi's muscle. Or Levy. I, I think I'm screwing up his name the whole entire time. I'm just aggravated. I'm getting hot <laughs> Levi. Uh, Zach Levi's, his, 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 his physique is his physique. He's been working his ass off for six months. That's not fucking fake. I'm getting really so annoyed by people nitpicking costumes, you know, uh, when they're on set, just like the green Captain Marvel costume. One thing that pisses me off is just like with that green Captain Marvel costume. I've seen people say that this doesn't even look like Captain Marvel's costume. Are you smoking crack or do you not know enough about comics to actually be able to talk? It's just like Carol Danvers' costume for Captain Marvel. Oh, why is it green? Why don't you pick up a freaking comic book and shut up? God, I get so sick of this stuff. This is on-set photos. There's going to be a lot of touch-up. Everyone's freaking out about, like, oh, it looks ridiculous. And then when you – I hope it looks kind of like Henry Cavill's. Like, that looks dumb. And then when you have, like, a, a close-up, it does. It has, like, the same type of design, stuff like that. Everyone needs to, like, chill the fuck out, go drink some Yoo-Hoo because it's delicious, and just shut the hell up. Have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Eddie Murphy, there you go. Absolutely. And, and Dane, if you think the climate was bad with just the, the guys that were <clears throat> uh, speaking with not knowing on our page, Kanan, tell them how horrible it was on Twitter. <laughs> I think every other tweet was, this, is, this looks like junk, typical DC, they need to reboot, this looks like cosplay, uh, this is a joke, I've seen better. Why does this look so stupid? Uh, I don't like the coloring. And I'm thinking, and I've replied back to everybody that that had those thoughts. And I'm like, the, you have to be just a random uh, moviegoer who only watches uh, the comic book movies. You must have never opened a comic book in your life. This suit. Because I heard someone say, oh, my God, why has he got the hood? Why is he wearing Elvis's cape? And I'm thinking – Go look in the comic books. Go look at the new 52 Shazam. He has a hood. He's always had the cape. Yes, it's been different lengths, but this is – I mean this length right here is perfect. It's its exactly um, the mix between the original Shazam and the new 52 Shazam, and I heard people hating on the lightning bolt, and I'm just like – I'm just fed up with it. I just I don't get what these people want, man. I mean, that costume is not cosplay. There was a really good up close, high definition picture that someone got. Uh, you can see the intricate pattern, the detail on it. It's very similar to um, Henry Cavill's Superman outfit to Batman's um, outfit. You can see uh, the coins that are ho- or the buttons that are holding uh, the a hood and cape on, have uh, the tiger on there, and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I've seen a lot of good cosplay, and if this was cosplay, then I would think this is great. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's a Hollywood costume designer getting paid, and this outfit looks amazing. Don't know where the gripe's coming from. Uh, you know, there were people that I know that went on set in the mall scene, saw Zachary Levi up close, they said that was all him. Uh, I mean, there may be some padding to it. I mean, we know that Cavill and Batman's outfit um, had some uh, padding to it, but I don't get it. This is just, I think, just typical hate 
from people who want DC to fail because that outfit looks amazing. I mean, I, I don't see the gripe with it whatsoever. There's going to be some probably some color um, uh, degradation in post, but people need to realize this is the new DCU. The colors are going to be brighter. This isn't Zack Snyder's uh, version where the colors are toned down. This is, you know, uh, Walter Hamada and Jeff Johns' DCU. The colors are going to be like that. So, I don't know. I'm with Dane, man. I'm just like, dude, pick up a comic book, man. Before you say something stupid online, pick up a comic book. She looks like Turbo Man. You look like an idiot. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well... Someone said that. Someone actually put a picture out there of him next to Turbo Man. I know. I'm even like, Kevin dude, Feige I'm, I'm himself this. said... Uh, even Kevin Feige himself said, none of this stuff is official. Like, you're looking at it from the weirdest angle. Um, you know, we haven't even finished work on it yet, and you're judging something incomplete. That That's like as someone's making an album. Obviously, they didn't, you know, get it you know, engineered or anything yet, and you go, man, that sounds offbeat. It's like, dude, yeah, can you give me a minute to actually, like, finish it before you start just critiquing it? But, yeah, we know this generation of geeks, unless they create it themselves, they're always going to try to find something uh, bad to say about what they don't like instead of just appreciating um, how identical that looks to the new 52 costume. Well, what what annoys me about them, Juwan, is is the fact, and I mean, I'm not trying to call people out, but it seems like, oh my God, if if say a casting doesn't look exactly like the person, they would rather these type these type of fans would rather put a bad actor in place that looks more like the character they're used to, or if there's a costume defect, like something similar, you know, not not wearing a certain thing that they would wear in the comics, it doesn't translate well between. They'll have no problem if you completely scrap the backstory of a character, though, and change him up. But if you change his hair color, they're going to freak the fuck out. It makes no sense, and a lot of them don't have a lot of knowledge of the past. And if, if you want to go and Google, it's, an, it's a very, very modern thing that's very simple to do. What you do, kids, is you, you search Google.com and then the character, and then you research it. One thing that I get annoyed about, and it's fine, I love everyone on our page, well, mostly everyone, but when someone asks me a question about a certain villain or superhero, it's like, why don't you take the time to fucking look it up yourself and just, like, research? Find a comic book. They'll, they'll list every damn issue. Like, I just don't, I don't, it's, it's annoying. It's very, I, I sound like an old Jewish grandmother bitching about what the weather, like, right now, but I'm just saying, Lachayim and, uh, you know, all that. No, I mean, I, I completely understand. And I guess what bothers me the most is the the people that are that get down on what these superhero movies do the most, they're like the first people in the theater. So it's like, all right, well, if it bothers you that much, just how about you don't go see it? How about, you know, since you don't like it so much, don't spend your money and don't go see it. Well, no, I'm still going to go see it. Well, then can you at least wait until you have officially see it before you you start to to crap on it. I mean, I always say, if a movie doesn't look good to me, I always give it at least to the trailer. And if the trailer doesn't capture me, then I I, I don't have any interest in it. But if you're getting all hyped up about a photo that you saw that isn't even official, and it's like from the worst possible angles ever, and you're hating on it that much, I I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Dane and Cannon are right. Maybe you should pick up a comic book, because obviously... You're out of touch. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Damn it. <laughs> Kanan, you know what I got to get on the soundboard? Gunshots. So it's like every time you say something, I can just hit that button and just you just hear gunshots for, yeah, for you being the silent assassin. That's right. Yeah, I, I got, I'm going to get that on there. Don't worry. Um, all right, so we have some more DC news about something people felt the need to cry about, and that's Miss Kristen Wiig is officially our cheetah for Wonder Woman 2. Before I pass it to you, Kanan, I'm going to say the only reason I do not like the idea of this, it has nothing to do with Miss Wig. It has everything to do with if this movie takes place way back in the day. I desperately wanted Cheetah to be a part of uh, the Legion of, uh, of, of Doom. And it doesn't seem like she's going to be. And that really makes me sad. So I think I'm more upset about the fact that they're using Cheetah now um, and it's not a modern day version of Cheetah. It's Cheetah from like back in like whatever year they're they're going with. Um, so I'm not a fan of that. But I could completely be wrong. Maybe they find a way to dig up her body or go back and I don't know. Whatever. But I wanted Cheetah to be uh, with Lex Luthor and, and Deathstroke and uh, Black Adam. Uh, but Kanan, two sided question. It's gonna be the same for you, Dane. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kristen Wiig officially getting the role of Cheetah? And is there a chance Cheetah will be a part of the Legion of Doom still? Uh, what are my thoughts on Kristen Wiig getting it? Um, I'm not going to hate the casting because I really think Kristen Wiig is a great actress. I think that she will put everything she has into this role. I trust Patty Jenkins, um, especially after seeing what she did with uh, the first Wonder Woman. Uh, as far as th- the character, I'm pretty sure they're going to go with the um, Barbara Minerva um, version of Cheetah, which I think she gets um, – I think that's the, the version where she comes under the spell of the um, – of the God. So I don't think that she's going to, um, I don't think that, you know, that she'll really die. I think that she'll, she'll be able to live on and we'll see her, uh, in the present. Uh, you know, maybe something happens to where she's imprisoned, maybe on the mascara or she's, um, you know, something happens where she's locked away or, or, or put down or something. Not sure, but I, I really expect to see her, um, in the future um, DCU movies. Well, that, that's, that's, that makes me feel a little better <laughs> because I desperately want Cheetah to, to be a part of that team. Uh, Dane, same question to you. What are your thoughts on the official casting news of Kristen Wiig? And do you agree with Kanan? Do you think Cheetah uh, will go along those lines and resurface in today's time, or do you think they'll go with someone else to go up against Wonder Woman and a Legion of Doom versus Justice League. Well, all right. So here's the thing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that sounds pretty uh, not trendy, but safe. In in Patty Jenkins, I trust. Uh, she cast her. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, and I, I know I'll get flack for this, but I don't really care. I really loved Wonder Woman. It was one. Of, it was a great, fun, epic build that went from 
an epic, like mythical epic, into a war movie flawlessly. But the ending of it did throw me off, and I'm not going to act like it didn't. Man of Steel, honestly, and people give me shit, I don't care, is still my favorite DCFU. That's what it's called now. It's the DC Film Universe. So it's the DCFU, guys. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's not really like that, but I'm going to call it that, and I don't really give a shit. Um, so, you know, I, I will say that Patty Jenkins, she did pretty damn good the whole way through. Um, so I'm sure she has a reasoning for using Kristen Wiig. Um, and I do know there's two different versions of this character. Caden kind of covered that. So we saw potential to see another one. I don't know if they're related in the comics. Are they, Kanan? Like the past one and the newer one? Uh, no. I think uh, – no, I don't think they're related at all. Well, they could put a relation on there for something like, you killed my grandma. I don't know. They'll figure it, they'll figure it out, I'm sure. But I do want Sheeta to join the Legion of Doom. And maybe maybe this gives Kristen Wiig, like this, this weird cheetah or whatever the hell it is, uh, some type of immortality or slow aging or something like that. And she still shows up later on. I'm just wondering about Kristen Wiig's performance, but I know that she can give pretty damn good dramatic performances. Uh, Skeleton Twins was not really dramatic. Well, it was, but it was still a comedy. She was really great in The Martian. So I'm hoping she can still give us something believable. You know, she's still a beautiful woman, and she's smart, and she's going to be a scientist. It's like, I'm kind of, like, curious to see how they can do this. Because a lot of weird casting, like everyone always says, Keaton as Batman, um, uh, Heath, Heath Ledger as a Joker, uh, Wolverine with, Heath, with uh, Hugh Jackman. I mean, a lot of weird choices have worked out well. So I'll just see where it goes. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I think about that. That's all I got. Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, honestly, because we were saying this a lot last week, uh, Dane, I've seen uh, a few of her performances, and I think she's a pretty good actress. Um, and I loved her on Saturday Night Live. So I don't, because uh, I know a lot of people when they see comedians come over to the acting world, they assume whatever role they get, it's going to be, you know, like, Dane, you know, Jonah Hill got that stigma for the longest. It was like, after uh, Superbad, they thought any role he got was going to be a humorous one. So when he actually started doing real serious roles, people were shocked. And he was sitting back like, you thought I couldn't act just because, I, you know, I do comedy? So that, that's the same way I, I, approach, I approach it with Kristen Wiig. I think she's a, a good actress, not a great one, but a good one. And, um, and honestly, I think we can all agree Gail Godot isn't a great actress. She's a good actress. And she happens to be a really good Wonder Woman. So I think if Kristen Wiig can fit in the pocket the same way that uh, Gail has, she'll be perfect. Um, and, and, you know, Patty Jenkins is the perfect person to bring it out of her. She brought it out of Gail Godot. Uh, you know, the, the acting that she brought, I didn't know she was capable of. All I saw her do was, like, Fast and Furious movies. So I didn't really think she had much depth to her. So it was really good to see that she does. So that's the way I look at Kristen Wiig, um, like, you know, giving her that, that opportunity. The one I didn't give Gail Godot, I don't know if you remember, Dane, I was crapping all over her. Uh, when One, when she was originally cast, and two, after BVS. I, I won't lie, I was completely crapping all over her. Um, and then she proved me completely wrong with Wonder Woman. So that, that's, that kind of happens I'm now sometimes. more open. Yeah, so I'm now more open to, uh, to, to casting ideas. I know a lot of people that hated Ben as Daredevil that thought he'd be a horrible Batman that had to completely eat their words. So 
it happens, and it could be the same thing with this, or it could not be good. <laughs> so, but I, I, I'm betting on the safe side that Patty Jenkins is going to bring something really good out of Kristen Wiig, and we're going to get a great performance of Cheetah. Um, Kanan, uh, crap, I just had something I was going to ask you. Crap. Um, yes. Blonde or brunette, right. which is your I'm... favorite? No, I, I remember what I was going to ask you. Um, I believe, what was the guy's name that we had on our show that uh, the scoops? I forgot his name. I feel horrible. I forgot his name. Uh, Mario Robles. Yes, Mario. Didn't Mario say that the next Justice League movie could potentially be um, Legion of Doom versus the Justice League instead of uh, Darkseid? Yes, he said based on his sources that uh, Warner was going to try and push for um, the Legion of Doom to be uh, the next um, villain instead of Darkseid and then kind of hold off on Darkseid for a follow-up. That's perfect because we, we – uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw the – I won't say news, but uh, Jesse Eisenberg's um, interview that he did to where he said he would love to come back as Lex Luthor for Man of Steel sequel. Um, which is great because I kind of always felt like after the flack he got from BVS, he might not be that open to wanting to just jump right into being the character again. But I think we can all agree um, the Lex Luthor we wanted him to be, it seems like he's growing into. So me personally, I want to see Eisenberg as Lex Luthor as much as we possibly can. Uh, Like the amount of times we've seen Loki, that's as much as I'd like to see his – his his Lex Luthor. Uh, Dane, do you feel the same, or do you feel like what we've gotten so far is, is good enough and we can sprinkle him in here or there, or are you really excited to see a lot more of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor? Well, as you know, and, I mean, we've I, I think we're pretty much all on the same type of concept. Uh, I do want us to build towards a Justice League 2. I don't know... I think they're going to be planting a lot of single films, what I'm trying to say, because of what happened with the box office success of Justice League. So we might be building up to some type of um, some type of story arc or whatever, but I think DC really is going to be implementing working on these films individually. Now, getting past that, I do hope that we continue to see Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor gathering up the Legion of Doom for something potentially in the future. I think that's awesome, and if they get everything back to normal, whether it be you know rebranded as JLA uh, or some type of an event that they can do, um, I, don't, I don't really remember a specific storyline that had the Legion of Doom versus I don't know what the hell they would call it, injustice. I have no clue. Whatever. So <laughs> and do that. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, there was an Alex Ross run called Justice Something. I don't remember exactly, but maybe that could be it, because that was actually a story where it was the Legion of Doom versus the Justice League. I'm rambling right now. Either way, um, that's, that needs to be the only thing to me that's mainly connecting everything, aside from, like, you know, news reports or, or small connections uh, that you see, like kind of like how we're finding out that in Shazam there's going to be toys of Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, stuff like that. Like little nods like that. Man of Steel had that too. Those things. And then an after credit scene of a said villain getting recruited. Um, that would be awesome. And let that be the way to tie it in until we get to 
the destination we have to once the DC is really striving, which I think that now in a direction that it is, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to put my foot in my throat probably in two weeks. Um, I think it's on the right course. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I want. I, I like Jesse Eisenberg. To answer your question, because I didn't at all, Jesse Eisenberg should come back. <laughs> okay, cool. I like him. Um, let, let me ask. Let me ask this too, because I'm not sure if you you answered it um, either. Well, you may have. You may have. I, I could be completely wrong. How often would you like to see him? Like I was saying, the amount of times that we saw Loki is 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 that something that would be reasonable to you, or would you like to see him um, only in just end credit scenes? In end credit scenes and also in the Man of Steel sequel, maybe planted, yeah, probably the Man of Steel sequel and then end credit scenes um, for now uh, until we get to really see what Lex is doing. All right, perfect. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, Kanan, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I definitely want to see uh, Eisenberg come back. The more uh, continuity that the DCU has, the better. And not only did... Eisenberg say he wanted to come back as Lex, but he also said that he loves playing the character and that it's his most enjoyable character um, that he's had the opportunity to play. Um, I think he's had a lot of character development from Batman v Superman to the uh, Justice League end credit. I think we're going – he definitely needs to be part of the Man of Steel sequel, uh, but I think we're going to see him – uh, in based on what Mario was saying uh, for the end credit scenes, uh, spoiler alert for Aquaman, will be more building of the Legion of Doom, uh, and I think Lex is the orchestrator. So I think you're definitely going to see him in any uh, credit scenes that might have to do with building that group. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot more you know, of him because he is this this ringleader. And I think that He's like I said. I think he's grown into the role. I think he's going to be um, the more serious Lex that that we really know. And if you if people had any doubts, I would hope that just seeing even in that short amount of time um, at the end of Justice League, you know, would, would cure those. But yeah, I mean, I like him as a as an actor, and I definitely would love to see him, uh, you know, as often as possible. Is it too unrealistic for me to already be planning out in my head uh, a possible storyline down the road of Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, where there's like a world where Lex is president and uh, puts out like this bounty oh. on Superman's head? Is that, is that I would think that would be. Yeah. No, they need, I think they need to do a lot. Yeah, I think that would be Go good. Ahead, I, but I, I agree that. Uh, I think that they're definitely going to, like Dane said, they're going to try to do a little bit of world building, but they're going to fo- uh, focus on the solo films. Yeah, see, w- what bothers me is now that you've you've had, you know, uh, events like BVS and Justice League, it's like, well, why not now? I mean, in Public Enemies, that doesn't need much more world building. Um, I mean, it would come out of left field if all of a sudden Lex Luthor was, was president, so obviously you'd have to explain that. Um, but just because I'm picturing it in my head because I watched Public Enemies last night, picturing in my head Ben Affleck if he stays on and Henry Cavill back to back as you see some of their greatest villains lining up to try to take them out and seeing those two characters back to back uh, taking down all of their greatest villains. Like 
that's just something I, since I saw that movie, I'd always uh, dreamed of seeing on like the big screen. And I wouldn't even think it would take much to make that film make sense outside of Lex being uh president. Uh, Dane, it, it, you know, it, am, am I wrong thinking that, or do you think they would need a lot more world building before that movie would make sense? I would love to see that movie. I think that you can get there, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff. If we're talking in terms of, um, think of when the MCU started uh, compared to where they are now. Uh, it's been a long time since since we rock and rolled. Um, so same thing applies. I don't know if it's going to be 10 years out, but it's got to be, they got to start really getting the, the world together and stuff like that and having that happen. Maybe that happens in Man of Steel 2. You know, he has like a turnaround. Starts, I don't know how, because one thing, he broke out of jail or he broke out of Arkham so technically, he's still, you know, a criminal. So if they can get around that and implement it and really actually make it well uh, w- with the story and making sense, great. Uh, but yeah, I would I would say they gotta like world build a little bit, which is gonna be hard even the course that I'm going for, because it involves letting the story stand by themselves. So I don't know. I tell you what, if we get a flashpoint, which I I know uh, we're all in the the same party of uh, thinking that it's a it's a, it's a bad idea, but if we get flashpoint, um, then all, all bets are off. You can't tell me that we can't have a public enemies like shortly after that. Um, like even maybe that might be part of what Man of Steel two is a little bit. Um, you know, you can't tell me that that's something that I have to wait longer for. We already have a Flashpoint movie this early in uh, in the world building. Um, Kaden, do, do you agree with, with that sentiment? Um, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I, I agree that they do have um, a lot of the world built. Um, I just think that they're they're going to try to kind of build new. They're not not rebooting or anything, but I think they're going to try to establish other stuff first. And we still, you know, like you said, don't know where they're going with uh, Batman uh, right now. So I don't know if we'll see anything in regards to that until we know more. All right. Yeah, I I, I can kind of get behind that. Dane, do you agree? Yeah, pretty much. All right, so let's get to another aspect of confusing world building by DC. Uh, Not only are we getting a standalone Joker film, uh, but the film is to portray the character as a failed 80s comedian. Uh, To which, honestly, Dane, made me laugh as, uh, as you were talking about how Joker isn't supposed to be like a sympathetic character. If they go the route of how that comic, uh, which is the the killing joke, I believe, that, that started off with um, that beginning, you kind of do feel sorry <laughs> for Joker um, and everything he said kind of happened in that, that whole time. His, his wife dying uh, while she was pregnant with the baby, uh, him getting twisted up in the wrong things just to kind of provide for them before they died. Um, you know, that, that story was like a little, you were like, man, if this is really Joker's origin that's sad as hell uh but dane what are your thoughts about this martin scorsese produced joker standalone film to portray the character as a failed 80s comedian well well to first go back to what you were just saying i kind of like went into this but i want to ask kanan because maybe because kanan's my dc wikipedia when we're on here uh 
in Killing Joke, I think it was explained maybe when he was stopping the Batman at the end before Batman might have choked him out. Um, isn't it explained that that was that origin that he was talking about might have just been bullshit? Or am I going crazy? I need to go back and uh, research a little bit. Um, I think Killing Joke is really is really yeah you're right. I mean Killing Joke has been the um, the only one where he kind of had a um, somewhat um, established background, but in the in the comics, yeah, you're right. Joker's always um, kind of thrown different stuff at Batman that you know we really don't know uh, Joker's true um, origin. So if they go for the killing joke, then or, or that type of aspect, then yeah, they're just taking something that was part of that storyline. Well, okay, so. I think no, Heath Ledger kind of plays around with this concept, and that, that that's what right. I was talking about. It's like when it comes yeah. down to 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 Joker, it all might not even be real. So um, that's that's at least what he's still not considered a sympathetic villain, even though it's still a sympathy story. Now, when it relates to this movie, I am very much liking them exploring certain aspects of that. This is going to be the first time they actually legitimately give us some type of Joker origin movie, which I still find kind of strange. But um, <laughs> it's Scorsese that, that keeps me intrigued. I know he's the producer. I know he's not directing. And, you know, I liked uh, the first Hangover, and I liked um, that movie that Jonah Hill did with um, Mr. Fantastic. Whiplash. I forgot what his name is. Man, I yeah. can't remember the actor's name. Miles, Miles but, uh, Turner or Miles Leonard, something like that, whatever. Miles, Miles oh, now I'm thinking Miles Morales. Uh, <laughs> that's not it. Uh, yeah, but uh, something to that extent um, with that director, he kind of scares me, but I'm just going to let him try this whole entire thing. Honestly, I said this a million times. If they had to like put it a little bit later, still have the same storyline, I kind of wish they were just fleshing out Jared Leto as a as a character and giving us more Joker with him and his rise. But I like the idea of Joaquin Phoenix, even though last time someone asked him, I think it was TMZ, he looked so high out of his mind, he said that he had no idea about this. And most uh, actors are going to say that type of stuff. But either way, we'll see how it plays out. Um, it's interesting, the whole comedian thing. Yeah, I I will say, Dane, I, I, I'm with you on that because I look at it two ways. I look at it to where it's like, all right, if you're going to do this Joker film, there's two ways you could do it to where it still connects to the universe. Uh, whether it's you recast and tell Hakeem Phoenix or Joaquin, however you pronounce his name, that, listen, I know you don't want to be signed to a multi-picture deal. Um, you know, Joker is only – we're only going to use Joker for this film, this film, and this film. And that's all we have as of now. Do you want to sign on and do it? And if he says no, then why can't you use Jared Leto? Like, why? Because to me, it's just like these Elseworld movies that you're doing, some of them can connect. You don't have to confuse people. Um, you can just connect it. And if I'm Jared Leto, I'm like, how, do, how did you not call me to see if that was something that I would be interested in doing, knowing that I am actually currently the Joker? Um, so I, I just I think this movie, this particular movie, is something that they didn't need to do. And I guess because Martin Scorsese came calling is the only reason this is even being uh, thought about. Um, but Kanan, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, God, The Killing Joke is one of the greatest um, 
storylines in DC Comics, uh, especially for the Joker. The only problem is is that with the animated series coming out, and it's kind of played to some degree. So I would really love to see them take a new, fresh approach um, to the Joker storyline. Uh, as far as it being connected to the universe, no. I don't want it to be because they've already said it's not going to be, and they're not using Jared Leto. And if I don't I, th- I think it's fine to have Elseworld type stuff. Um, I don't think we really even need this movie. I'm not asking for this movie, but it's the Joker. And if Joaquin really does sign on to play the Joker and with Scorsese behind it, then I think this movie has a chance to be really, really something special. Um, I just hope that they don't adapt the full uh, killing joke, which I don't think we're going to see because Batman supposedly isn't going to be in it at all. It'll just be kind of his rise to uh, becoming the Joker, which I mean we've kind of seen in in Gotham, and you know. But um, I mean, I really want to get behind this. I'm trying to psych myself up for this film, but I'm just like, you know, I, I like what we've got with the DCU. I'm, I think Jared Leto is a great actor. I think. I would like to just see them continue his storyline, and, you know, we're going to see that. But, you know, I just – I really don't know that we need this Joker movie. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I really don't care what storyline they go with. I think if Joaquin <laughs> I think if Joaquin and Scorsese come on, I think it's going to be great. But it's just going to be something that they do as a one-off because I don't see this being a, uh, anything beyond that. Well, I agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is if you want to do an else world, I would just ask you not do an else world with characters we already have established. Um, and I don't that, think that's what bothers me the most. Yeah, I don't think they will. I don't think we'll see anybody from the DCU in that film. I think this will be no, just no, no, no. else world characters. No. No, I'm saying don't do else world movies about characters we have already. So like then do that an means else world Lobo get... film. Yeah, but that means we may not get Red Sun Superman. And I really want to see Red Sun Superman. I think this gives it more credibility that that would happen, though. You know, if this is successful, then they might try other stories that are kind of within the Elseworld concept. Um, I don't know. It's weird, especially if they pick someone else than Henry Cavill to play the Russian Superman, too. That's very, very strange, but I, I hope so. Because to me, you can't then say, all right, well, this is the time we're actually going to bring somebody from the DCEU into the Elseworld movies. Because then you'll get people that will go, well, why not just do that with all your Elseworld movies? Just make it an extension of the DCEU or the DCSQ, as Tane said. Um, that, to me, is just what's, is what's super confusing. I think if you're going to do Elseworld, do Elseworld movies about characters that you probably aren't going to integrate into the DC. Uh, cinematic universe anytime soon like Dane I said this on top 10 last night and I know you're going to share my same sentiment Kana I know you will too uh, but me and Dane feel uber strong about this Dane how much longer are they going to disrespect the Martian Manhunter how much longer like if, if you think about it you've only seen him in the you've only seen him in the animated uh, movie universe twice and it doesn't seem like they have any plans for him in the live-action world anytime soon. Like, they're talking about Hawkman before Martian Manhunter. We have a Shazam coming before Martian Manhunter. How much longer, Dan, are they going to disrespect one of our favorite characters? 
Well, you know, um, apparently, because David Goyer and uh, John Campia said uh, that he just wouldn't translate the film well. I don't understand that concept. I don't know how you can have the foundation member of the Justice League, the one that looks out for everyone, the kind of the heart of the Justice League. Uh, and not only that, someone that can reach right there with Superman in power levels, has a majority of his powers, plus some of the most dominating telekinesis powers, plus his detective skills and natural intelligence rivals Batman. I mean, the character's so amazing. I kind of got into a little debate with someone because I think I suggested that um, Idris Elba should play him um, or I always script his name. I apologize about that. Mahershala or Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali You're right. uh, should play him. Um, and that's because they have this dominating presence. Um, and it was kind of funny because they wanted the, the flip-flop. They wanted him for Jon Stewart because he's more of like a badass type of role. And I, I just think that if you give him that type of dynamic, uh, you set the character, maybe he arrived after – I mean, you got to understand the whole entire backstory about how he was – wiped out by the white Martians. They didn't want him, and they killed his family. And he got out there, and he came to Earth. If you put him into the 60s, and it kind of platforms, or if you want, like I said, Kev Wananabe, you, you position it, um, him during maybe Japan after Hiroshima happens, and he witnesses that. Fire always has to connect it. You know, he kind of clings towards those type of people because he sees a lot in common because of his own backstory. And then he becomes later on a detective in Gotham. And I, I have a whole entire pitch for a movie. I think I've done it on the show. It's actually the reason why I was trying to do pitch this, which I'm still trying to get together with uh, everyone on the page. But if you get a badass director, like um, the guy who just did Blade Runner um, and did Sicario, uh, uh, Denny Villeneuve, or, or, um, I mean, I would love Christopher Nolan, but that probably wouldn't happen. Um, or even give it to, give it to um, whatchamacallit, Keegan Peel, uh, who just, you know, had so much. You need someone that can bring a dynamic of it being a noir story, but it's also sci-fi. And um, I think that a lot of people could do that and do a great job with it. He's such a dynamic character. If you use in the story the aspects that happen in um, A New Frontier, where Batman kind of slowly figures out because they're both reporting Gotham slowly figures out who he is. And then you have a cameo with Ben Affleck's Batman or whoever, like calling him out and saying, I know who you are. And even exposing the fact that he's scared of fire and kind of brings him within that. I know I'm rambling about, I just really love this character so much because he's professor X to an extent. He's, he's, he's uh, Superman to an extent. He's such a great character. We do need to see him. And even if, if we can get some type of exposure where he was a person, maybe Henry Lennox or, or someone that was playing stuff in the background in this DC uh, FU so far, I think that, that would bring a lot of cool concepts together. And I think that he should, they should be going after him b- b- before a movie to me. And I love the idea of a Michael Bay Lova movie. I'm one of the only people who really loves that idea, but we need Martian Manhunter. Uh, he's a great character. If people just don't think that he wouldn't work in movies, they don't have a good enough imagination or don't know enough about the character in the first place. Well, I mean, you know, what, what bothers me about that is you look over at Marvel, and again, this is not comparing to, but you look over at Marvel. I am sure that back when Iron Man first came out, the idea of a Guardians movie, the idea of an Ant-Man movie, the idea of was ridiculous. A lot of the characters, yeah, a, a lot of, like, I'm sure people would have told Kevin Feige back then, there's no way you can 
bring Ant-Man to life on the big screen or the Guardians, uh, a huge tree that only says, I am Groot. There's no way you could pull that off, but they did. So to me, if, if, you're, if you're using that attitude, that means at no point will you change the idea of thinking Martian Manhunter can be on the big screen. To me, if you think Lobo could work on the big screen, which I, I do, I'm not taking a, a, a jab at Lobo, I most definitely think Martian Manhunter could work. And Dane, the scene I keep, I keep thinking about in my head is what we got from Justice League New Frontier, the scene between Martian Manhunter and, and Batman. And I desperately want that on the big screen. Uh, Kanan, I'll go to you before me and Dane just have conversations between each other about this. Um, do you think Martian Manhunter is something we'll ever get, or is that something that we'll just have to get over? No, I think we'll definitely get a Martian Manhunter, um, you know, eventually down the road. Um, I think that's something that, you know, uh, they'll plan for. I, I don't. You can't go by what Goyer said. He's not running DC. That's his, you know, that's his entire uh, opinion on things. But I think Martian Manhunter would translate very well to um, the big screen. And if DC needed to have any justification into thinking that he would, they can just look at how well he's received on Supergirl uh, and. You know, when we talked to, you know, David Harwood, you know, we were all kind of, you know, you know, we wanted more from his character. We got that he wanted more from his character as well. Um, you know, I know it's a Supergirl show, but, I mean, I get tired of seeing Martian Manhunter thrown around like a ragdoll. I want to see Martian Manhunter be the badass that he really is. I mean, we're talking about somebody that is one of the few people that can go toe-to-toe with Superman on any given day. Um, I think we'll definitely, you know, see that down the road. I think I do like the concept though of this Hawkman movie and Hawk Girl because, um, as I um, said on Twitter, I think DC is kind of going for um, lesser known characters like Booster Gold, like uh, Hawkman, because they can take these, make them a very relatively low budget film, and turn around and make decent profit on it. Um, you know, like they would a, a horror movie. I think you would want Martian Manhunter to be, you know, a, a top-tier hero, and that probably would take, um, you know, a higher budget, maybe something, um, you know, in regards to, like, Man of Steel, maybe somewhere like 175, 200. I think they could do a Hawkman movie for 125, 130, and, and it'd make really, really good money. Yeah, I mean, I, I get your point on that. And like I said, I, I think a Hawkman and, and Hawk Girl movie is something that should happen. I personally think it should be Elseworld. Um, I really don't need a Justice League Unlimited kind of universe, but that's probably what we're going to get. Um, but it could it, be Elseworld. Me, we don't we don't know the details yet because it's very it's just well, a yeah, it's just right. a big rumor right now. Right. I'm just saying that that would be what I would prefer is for it to be Elseworld. But to not even, like, to me, they don't even put Martian Manhunter in these DC animated movies. So it's like, all right, I guess we're supposed to be happy that we get him on Supergirl. But as Dane can speak to, we're not even the biggest fans of the show Supergirl. So if you're telling me I have to watch a show I'm not that fond of just to see a character I love, to me that's just like, no. Why, Why can't he get his own thing? Just give him his own thing. Right, Dane? Well, not only that, it's like that... I mean, I, I, I like I like Harewood's performance, and um, 
I, I think it's great, but it's basically just Nick Fury with a Martian Manhunter type of concept attached to him. It's, I want the full character that, you know, we get to know within the comics to have his own place within this universe. And I think you can do that. I, I don't even think that you would need – I think the mo- majority of special effects should be applied to him. In the first movie, you can kind of show him, but it should be something you build up to of him being an alien, kind of like get that whole entire thing throughout the storyline. And I would do like kind of an 80s feel to it to some extent, um, even with the music, something similar to like how they use in Stranger Things, that to up, have, have somewhat of a Blade Runner type of presence within the movie. Um, you know, just not try to go all out and crazy. I still like the idea of, of the Hawkman. If, if, if you do that like, a, like, a, like an Egyptian epic, the first one, and it's like back in ancient times kind of paralleling with like an Indiana Jones type of thing with the two of them, that could be a lot of fun. But Martian Manhunter to me is, is much more important, and the version that we get is good. It's just I think that he could, just, he could definitely have enough character to be able to – and his brother, his evil brother, how he could have that be something that's like – there too, uh, I forgot what his name is. It's very hard to pronounce, but um, maybe he finds out he's on Earth too, and he survived, and it, he's going after him and stuff like that. Like, and that's the whole detective thing. Have aspects of Dexter. There's so much stuff you could do in a Martian Manhunter movie, and just people just kind of poo-poo it, and he's kind of in the background. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like people instead of actually getting really creative and, and digging deep and creating a great story. They'd rather just go with characters that are either a safer bet or an easier story to write. That's just how I look at it. I feel as though if you don't think you can write a Martian Manhunter story, you're lazy. He has a lot of story that you could use um, and, and build something with. So that, that's just how I see it. Um, I was going to – oh, Jane, um, did you guys want to – did you want to touch up on the uh, the Campia stuff? Oh, we can. Um I'm kind of curious of, like, what's happened past that, um, like, lately, if, if, if Kanan knows any information about that. I have not heard anything uh, new other than that stuff that was going around that ended up getting debunked um, as far as the whole uh, rebooting uh, type thing. Um, so right right now we're still kind of a wait and, wait and see if it's ever going to come out. It's a uh, it was a it was a fun concept. Um, so basically, if, if people don't know, uh, the majority of it is uh, John Campia, uh, who to give him some credibility. All right, well, well, first off, I'll I'll state that I respect the hell out of him, but he can kind of be a little bit of an of an asshole. Um, I I think I think he knows that too, though. And um, at the same time, I think people take him a little bit too seriously. Uh, so. There's both those type of things, but he was threatening information about some bad news coming out with DC. A lot of people cling that it was going to be that whole uh, Matt Reeves leaving uh, as Batman. That didn't pan out at all. Um, and apparently, well, apparently everything's good with that whole thing. So uh, I think that was the beef between him and Umberto because Umberto um, kind of went after him about that. So apparently it's something else. Um, I just. It seems to me, and I think that I'm on an opposite uh, point than my good buddy Kanan over here, 
Um, I'm putting my arm out as if you're right next to me, even though we're over the phone. Um, um, I just, I, I find a lot of the DCFU fans that really doesn't help. I call them that. Um, they're very passionate bunch, but they're very kind of like the Snyder fans, like the diehard ones. They're kind of irrational. They'll attack people. Um, unless you're Grace Randolph, and then you kind of like pretend you're one of them just to get attention and get your show up <laughs> numbers. Um, I hate her but whatever. so much. <laughs> but whatever. Um, and I think that can't be a – and this is not, I'm not saying that you should do this, but because of like how much crap he got with uh, discoveries, uh, finding out a little bit about Ben Affleck probably even getting a lot of shit and people throwing him at stuff at Twitter – and then also uh, later on when he said that Jake Gyllenhaal was like one of the big choices for Matt Reeves' Batman, getting a lot of shit that ends up having some type of weight and credibility, that he kind of is like, screw this. So the question is, why won't he disclose the information? And he said that he was basically just trying to like let us know because it's his show. The information was his that was given and just to let us know to hold on to our butts and uh, find out. Now I have no idea if anything's going to happen from that, but I was kind of curious Obviously, to hear Kanan's perspective, but to hear your perspective, Juwan, someone's kind of like, seems like they'd be in the middle of, of what the hell do you think from this whole entire thing? Do you think that possibly DCFU fans, especially the ones on Twitter, get a little bit too wrapped up? Or do you think that Campy is kind of being a little bit of a, uh, a dick in all of this? You going to me first or Kanan? Because I didn't want to start talking. You, you. Do you think that he's fueling okay. stuff? Do you think that he's fueling stuff, or do you think he's doing whatever he wants on his show, and people are taking it the wrong way, or what? what how do you feel about it? Well, I think he's doing whatever he wants, but I think what he needs to be aware of. Same thing. Schnepp's gonna uh, run into if we don't get an end credit scene of of Tom Holland as Peter Parker and Venom. Um, we know this. You can only report what you hear. But if you start, you know, like. Campia had one of those moments to where he threw out something about Ben Affleck that took a long time to actually come into fruition, like actually come out officially. Um, so it's like, all right, well, if you keep taking these shots in the dark, but they don't come to fruition, then it's like, all right, either it's our fault for continuing to pay attention to news that you break that doesn't happen, or we just have to realize this is a guy who's giving us anything that he's hearing from what he deems as his reliable sources. Um, so, so I do know as someone who uh, has been in a lot of quote unquote Twitter beef with our, our followers out there um, that Twitter does blow things way out of proportion. Um, so that's, that's definitely something that I look at. Kanan, how many people did we have to fight about that Mark Guggenheim question? That was a very logical question to ask. Um, the, so that, was Twitter, the, yeah, that was the worst uh, moment on Twitter of my life, dude. I never felt more bombarded from Elicity fans than I ever – I mean, dude, they came at me so hard for posting that um, it was unreal. I mean, I love I love that we got the exposure, um, but I mean, I legit had people like threatening, uh, mocking us, and just yeah. saying it was stupid that we ran with that, and even like verifieds. Which, by the way, I'm getting sick of verifieds on Twitter. Um, they think because they have the blue check mark that they can say whatever they want to to people. Uh, you, come on, dude, you, you're no better than anybody. But I mean, they were coming at us 
so hard. I mean, and I even had to talk to you, and you were like, dude, just stop answering them. You don't have to reply. Yeah. And I did. I just I just quit. Absolutely. And it was to the point to where it was like the question was logical. All I asked was you had three different versions of Black Canary, uh, two of them Oliver had a relationship with. It's Even though he got married to Felicity, it's not out of the realm of possibility for a storyline if this show has maybe four more seasons that maybe him and Felicity fall out of, you know, love or, or something happens and he decides that he wants to be with Dinah, who he happens to be with in the comics. It was a, it was a logical question to ask. And these Elicity fans just took that and acted like we were just, like, you know, terrorists or something. So I will say, Dane, Twitter does get way out of control with just taking a little bit and, and blowing it up. But Campia has realized this. If you come out with a bold statement like that, like if I came out tomorrow and said Henry Cavill signed a deal uh, with Warner Brothers to be Superman for like the next eight or, or, or nine appearances, and then they come out tomorrow and Henry Cavill's like, I didn't do that. I have to know at that point, people probably are not only going to attack me, vilify me, but no one's really going to hold, uh, hold to water what I say going forward. So as long as but, he, he realizes – go ahead. I'm sorry. But the difference is with the last two things that he got chastised about, which I'm not talking – John Schnepp, I love John Schnepp, but he likes to, like, put in the atmosphere ideas he has, I feel, and say that he heard it from someone. Um, but with, with Campia, I mean, the Ben Affleck leaving ended up happening, and the whole Jake mm-hmm. Hall that was actually credible. So there is a little bit of difference in this. If your source is right – or if your source ends up becoming right, then that's fine. But yeah, I get what you're saying. If not, then you got your you got poop on your face, you know. Right. So as, as long as as long as he understands that's the possibility. Same thing Umberto had to go go through with the whole Deadpool thing. So as long as you understand what's gonna come with it, then um, I'll, I'll never chastise somebody for for breaking something that they deem to be news, because um, that's well, all you can do as as a scoopers. Go ahead, Kane. I'm sorry. Well, no, okay, just let me weigh in a little bit on the Campia stuff. And I, I agree people can, uh, you know, blow it out of proportion. But Campia, with the okay, starting with the Ben Affleck stuff, I've watched that video over and over and over again. When he first proceeds to talk about Ben leaving, he comes out and the first thing he says is, guys, take this with a huge grain of salt. I'm not a scooper. But take this with a huge grain of salt. I've heard, but don't quote me on this, I've heard that, and I, he said don't quote me on this, that's not what I'm saying. He said don't quote me on this, but I've heard that Ben Affleck wants out from Batman. And then what he proceeded to do was he proceeded to uh, say that he knows 100% for a fact that it's true that Ben wants out. So he went from don't quote me on this – this is take this with a huge grain of salt in the same breath saying I know 100% that Ben wants out. So it's like, dude, what is the truth? Is this is this legit or are you saying that you're not? Because at first he was like, I don't know for sure. And then he, the more he talked about it, the more he kept saying Ben wants out, Ben wants out. I know 100% Ben wants out. Okay, the the news did come out about Ben. Um, having issues with Warner Brothers. Ben is still here, though. 
Um, but it's the way he campia words things and the way he comes about them that I think makes everyone so upset. And we got to realize too that uh, he, I, I mean, some I do enjoy sometimes, you know, his descriptions of things and the way he talks. But he's not on Collider anymore. He's on YouTube. He's like out of, you know, he's trying to build his own brand by himself. And so he comes out with this stuff because he knows it's going to get him attention. He knows that people are going to, oh and he doesn't God. care. I mean, he loves the. Uh, I mean, because if he knew this, he could have just come out and said it. But instead, he's going to just tease everybody with this huge news, and, and then and not bring anything up. I like Schnepp's approach to things, where he's more logical. It's just like he breaks the news, but he doesn't come off in this. I mean, I know Campia says he's a DC fan. But it's like he almost eggs the fans on. It's like he almost is just out to rub salt in the wounds. It's constant, oh, I can't wait to see Gal Gadot get um, uh, recast, and I hope they reboot everything, and this is going to happen, and this is terrible. It's just like, dude, I mean, you know, what are you doing? Why are you coming with this approach? You don't get that from Schnepp. You know, Schnepp is critical at times, but it's not the whole uh, – targeting the DC fans like Campia does at times. Dane? Um, yeah, I, I don't agree with you on the majority of that. I don't think that John Campia cares too much about DC or DC, when it comes to film all in general to really worry if he's screwing over a small, minute part. And let me just say, there is a difference between the Snyder fans to the DC FU fans, which I'm a part of that train, to the DC fans and everything. So he might be a fan of the comics. He might not be liking where a lot of the movie's directions are. He praises a lot of them, but if he finds that information, it's his show. He doesn't have to say it. He's definitely not just saying and making up crap, because that's actually what John Schnepp does. He actually says, like, George Miller's going to be playing Superman. That's a bunch of bullshit, but George Miller found out about it. That's his way of going about it. To me, I think, and I'm sorry, but I think you kind of proved that a lot of DC fans are kind of paranoid about a lot of stuff. And that's because their product kind of lacks. And sometimes they, they want to take blame on stuff. I don't think he's just calling out people. If people are perceiving it, that's fine. But I also saw links of people going after him on Twitter and shit like that. And they've gone after John Schnepp on Twitter. And they're, it's, they're, they're ridiculous. They're, they're, their logic, what they're saying is just off the wall, and I don't think he's doing anything to be spiteful. I think he had information, but he's done so much shit the last two times he's displayed it that he, he was hung up on saying that. And even if he was being, you know, before very, very, like, I don't know about this whole entire Ben Affleck thing, yeah, he was trying to protect himself. I think the, the further you go down, the more he said, fuck it, basically. So I don't, I'm not praising at the altar of John Campia. Sometimes they can be as erratical. I don't think anyone's out to get the DC fans. I think they're out to get themselves. That's what I think. I'll ask this, and I'll ask this to you, Dane, because I'll admit 100% to you guys, I don't watch Collider anymore or listen to Campia's show. Not because I have an issue with them or anything. I just I sometimes don't have the time to. Um, so when Campia came out with the uh, this huge news uh, that he was referring to, uh, I'll, I'll ask you, Dane, did he ever come back and say what that huge news was, or is that still just, like, pending? Yeah, it's it's basically pending. Um, like I said, I, 
I feel like, you know, uh, Kanan would probably know more about that information before me because he hasn't really mentioned it. He mentioned it. Um, it got a lot of heat. Um, you know, Humberto kind of came after him. Uh, the, I think there was an accusation that it was the whole, like I said, the whole Matt Reeves leaving uh, rumor. He even admitted that the next day on his show that that wasn't the case. And he basically disclosed it as, I can give a, whatever information that he wants. You know, even though he's not on Collider, which he, he's the reason why that crew's there, basically, and how that product is. And even previous before that with AMC, he still knows a shit ton of people in Hollywood. He still goes to pretty much all the premieres and gets invited to them. So it's not like he's, like, completely out of the loop now. So there probably are people that he talks to, potentially, that kind of have that information and – he heard something. He was going to run with it. Um, maybe he shouldn't have said anything, but I think that people should stop being, you know, so sensitive about it. So I don't know. Well, the, the thing that confuses me the most is if he didn't say or hint at what the, what the huge news was, I don't get how fans could be upset with him. If all he said was DC has some huge news coming and it's not good. I mean, that's, in, that's, that's something you can kind of, possibly assume on any given day uh, because of their track record. So as long as he didn't insinuate anything, I don't really see what deems uh, fanboys or or anyone to really be upset with what he's saying. So I'll go to you, Kanan. Uh, What about uh, what he said as far as regarding that news uh, do you think really upset people? I think it was the way he approached it. I think it's the way he came off. He was, just came off as a cocky, sarcastic, um, his attitude about it, that he sat there and was like, I came on to some stuff, and I'm not going to mention it. It was almost like I'm going to sit here and sit on it, and when it comes out, I can – I mean, and that's another thing, that whatever comes out down the road, he now has the door frame open to say, that's what I was talking about. And it could be, and it really could not be what he even was talking about. But he can, he can say that. So he was very vague, but it was his whole. Oh, and when it comes out, the DC fans are just going to lose their minds. They're going to grab their pitchforks and they're going to riot. And it's not good news and, and all this other stuff. But it was just the way he approached it, you know. Instead of just coming out and saying, "I've heard some stuff. I can't really talk about it." But when it comes out, we'll discuss it more. That's why I like Mario's approach. I listen to his podcast. I listen to him describe things, and he comes at it from a very mellow, um, unbiased opinion. Uh, when he relays news. And even if it's stuff that we don't want to hear, it's not like he's just sitting over there enjoying it. I, you know, and I think people would probably respect uh, him more if he came off like that, but that's not how he came off. He came off, like I said, just with a very sarcastic um, attitude. Like he was almost enjoying well, it. I think he really wants the DCU to fail. He wants it to reboot um, and, and go another direction, and that he's not the only one that wants that. Uh, there are other people that want that, other groups that I won't mention that tweet every single day about it. And, well, could you, you know, could as you, a fan, it's just disheartening to see that. Could you see it from this standpoint? Uh, think about it. If you're Campia and you came out with this huge Ben Affleck, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal news, and people jumped down your throat, and then when it came out, those same people didn't really come back and go, all right, I give you credit for that. So if you're a campia, wouldn't you want to protect yourself by saying, listen, I heard some news was coming. It's really bad. You're going to want to grab your pitchfork, but I'm not getting myself in the, in the business of 
saying what it is for you people to jump down my throat only for it to possibly come out and none of you actually come back and go, oh, you know what? All right, all right, I get you that. You were right. Because, I mean, they do that with Umberto. Everyone does that with Umberto. Like, Umberto might come out and something may be wrong, and then when it turns out to be true, everyone runs back to Umberto and goes, all right, good job, man, good job. No one does that with Campia. Like, no one gives him his credit when he actually breaks something that happens to be true or even somewhat true. Because remember, Umberto's story about Deadpool wasn't accurate. He kept saying Deadpool was uh, was attached to the movie. He never said Deadpool was uh, uh, kind of like an end credit scene, but just at the beginning of the movie. So, I mean, you know, if Campy is ballpark, I, I don't see why we can't just celebrate that he's ballpark rather than criticizing him. And then when he turns out to be right or somewhat near right, we still vilify him. We, we say, well, but still you know, we don't give him his, his credit. I mean, I, I, I could see it, if, if I'm him, I could see it that way. That's how uh, I reacted with the Geek Vibes page when I would break news and people would jump down my throat and say, well, I need sources. I then said, well, I refuse to tell you guys any more news stories uh, about anything that, that's coming down the pipeline uh, that hasn't, you know, that's yet to be reported. So I can see how Campia could take that approach. Uh, Dane, do, do you kind of see it that way or am I kind of somewhat off base? No, I mean, that's exactly how I see it, and that's – there is a way that he's going about it to be spiteful, but he's spiteful based on stuff that's happened, and that's that's exactly what he said. The fact that after after it was revealed that he wasn't off, um, you know, especially with the Jake Gyllenhaal thing, people completely trampled him, and then once it became legitimate or that was actually in discussions um, – no one gave him any type of praise or, like, said, you know, sorry or anything like that. So he basically said it's the information I heard from my source, and if I want to display it on my show, I can do that. And uh, more power to him. I don't know. Yeah, no, I can see that. Uh, Kanan, so y- your your beef pretty much is just his approach to, to things. I mean, I don't really even have beef with Campy. I just don't like his – it's not beef. It's just displeasure with the way he goes about things. I mean, he was right about uh, the Batman stuff, but he should have just came out and flat out owned it instead of saying, take this as a grain of salt type thing. And like, he wasn't sure don't quote me. And then acting like he knew a hundred percent. I mean, he was right about that. If his colleagues and, and, and other people didn't go and tweet him that he was correct. I mean, that's on them. Uh, he may know stuff. I mean, I have no doubt that this guy has connections. I mean, he's been in the entertainment business. He's out in Hollywood. He get, he goes to all this. But if you've got something and fans are already on edge with the way the franchise is going, especially with the stuff with Snyder and Joss Whedon, and you come out and you're just kind of like, hi, hi, I got some, it's, I got some news. It's terrible. Y'all are going to come in with, with your pitchforks and you're going to be pissed and, and everything. I mean, it's just the way he approached it. He could have just came out in in a better light and said, I don't have the details right now. I'm not a privilege to say, but when it comes out, I'll definitely talk to you about it. And, I mean, that's the stuff you get from Umberto and and Mario and stuff like that. Uh, People that, um, you know, they're not trying to poke the bear, so to say. I will say, I will say as far as the the Batman uh, news that you were referring to, Kanan, I will say, and you know this because we deal with it, a lot of times, and this could be, this could be the case, not making uh, excuses for him or, or, or whatever, just saying this could be uh, what happened. K- 
Kanan, we do get a lot of times where guys tell us, listen, I, I have this scoop, but it may not be 100% accurate. Take it with a grain of salt. So then we have to, you know, disclose that information the same way. We have to let our followers know, listen, this is what we're hearing, but take it with a grain of salt. And then if it does happen, we, we should be able to own that. I mean, we broke the story, so why can't we own it if it happens to be right? Just because we say take it with a grain of salt, that's just our way of protecting ourselves because if the story comes out and says it's false, we were only relaying what we got from our source. So and that's then, fine, you know, but then you can't say in the same breath that you know 100% that you know for a fact that he wants out because you're, you're saying that you know for sure that it's a done deal, that he really wants <sighs> out. If you're coming at it with, in the approach of I've heard some stuff, um, you know, don't quote me on it, but this is what's happening, that's fine, then you can go from but, there and say, hey, I just got it from my source. But he's saying he knew 100%. But you, you gave him crap for the first time where he was kind of going around and saying, hey, don't don't quote me on this with, when he was trying to do that, when he was with the whole Ben Affleck information, trying to be like – trying to go around being like, I know this for 100 percent. But then he does it and says he knows it from 100 percent the last two times, and still it's the same type of thing. You're still – Mad at him? How? how what, what is he supposed to do? I don't. I don't get that concept. No, I'm saying he said all that in in the in the same breath that he said, uh, "Don't quote me on that. Take this with a grain of salt." If you watch the video, he says that all in the same sentence. So he's saying that uh, he's hearing things. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. But then he's then in the same sentence, he's like, "But I know for a fact that Ben Affleck wants out as Batman." I mean, it's okay, so which is it? I mean, if you know 100%, then just say it. I mean, that's that's what hmm. I'm saying. It's, you know, and then it came out that he was right, but he should, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just his approach to things. He just rubs people the wrong way. All right, well, listen, we're, <laughs> we have established where we stand on uh, on this campy issue. Kanan, I will say, we all have that one person that, uh, we make it seem like we don't really dislike, but if we ever met them, we would probably chop them in their throat. I think Campy is that guy for you. Um, just like I am, Dane would never do this to anyone out there that's going to try to take this seriously. But I believe Dane would have like a very intense pillow fight with Amy Schumer. Hey, Amy, I'm down. My number is four like, zero. Uh, oh. <laughs> I definitely don't like great. So, yeah, I would definitely have an intense pillow fight with her, too. Um, so we all have that. I kind of want to I kind of want to fight Mark Ellis just for the hell of it. I mean, why not? Why not? Uh, I don't like Dennis. So, yeah, I'll fight Dennis. You fight Mark. You know, make a thing of it. Um, but, Dane, I wanted you to use the, the time that we have left to tell the audience a little bit about uh, pitch, pitch this uh, since it kind of gets crowded a little bit on the page for you to kind of fully talk about it a little here, and we can kind of talk about uh, the upcoming game show that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pitch this. Very simple, guys. Uh, you can look um, on our page. There's two different things uh, the, about this. Uh, the first one explains everything, and I'm going to explain it right now. Uh, we have five people that are interested, including myself. Uh, what you're going to do is you're going to go and use the Facebook Live audio, not the visual, but the audio, um, audio app and not audio app, but whatever that, that thing that you can do um, on Facebook, you give us 
so, I, what was I think we set it down to five minutes. You have five minutes to display a plot for a sci-fi film, genre film, fantasy film, anything like that. Uh, it can be a completely original. Uh, it can be a sequel to a comic book movie, uh, one that hasn't been made or anything like that. You figure it out, and uh, you basically use that two minutes to pitch a director, um, maybe even actors for the movie itself, uh, the style. If you want to go out and say that you want a cinematographer, certain ones like Deacons, go for it. Get all sweaty with it, with film. And then we're going to use everyone else. It's the biggest and most important. If you don't want to participate in it, we still need your help because listen to these like little five-minute breakdowns and then come and vote on who has the best one once we've displayed that. And um, I'm trying to, if we, if we just have five, that's fine. It'll probably be either once every day this week, and then next week we'll start the whole voting process so that everyone can soak it in, and then we'll go from there. And then maybe we can kind of continue with this on the page. But, uh, yeah. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that, guys. We have that coming. We also have our very special game show, War of the Nerds, um, coming, and that's going to be our debate show to where we um, have you fans vote on a specific topic that we will then face a rival geek page or uh, a geek podcast in debate. Um, it's going to be a very fun show. Um, stay tuned. Uh, it'll, it's going to be twice a month. We're, we're going to do it usually on Sundays. Um, and our first week will be starting within the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Kanan, what, what else do we have coming up? I think especially tomorrow. What do we have going on tomorrow? Tomorrow we have Ray Santiago, also known as Pablo, from the uh, hit star show Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, if you know, we had uh, Dana DeLorenzo on a couple of weeks ago who plays Kelly. So we're going to have uh, Ray on tomorrow for a great interview. We're one person away from hopefully getting Bruce Campbell on the show to get the trifecta from Ash vs. Evil Dead. And uh, we're also working on a couple of more guests. Yep. Um, so stay tuned for that interview. What time is that interview again tomorrow, Kenan? It is 6 p.m. Eastern. All right, um, and we are working on finalizing a date and time for uh, Polaris. Uh, Emma Dumont, I believe is her, her actual name, from The Gifted. Yes. So stay tuned, guys. We have a lot coming your way, um, so stay tuned for that. And uh, definitely look out for Dane's pitch it idea, because um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've flirted with the idea of that show a lot. So I'm glad that it's finally coming into its own again. Um, stay tuned. We have a lot of stuff. Also, huge shout out to Joel and Nick who couldn't be here today, um, but hopefully Boom. they'll be back next week. <laughs> wait, 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 Dane. Hold on. That would have been a perfect time. I think we have a boo on here. Oh no, I didn't oh, no. put it on here. I didn't oh. put it on here. Oh crap. Uh, oh well. I'll have it on there for next week, and we can boo them as we introduce them. How's that sound? That sounds good. I, I like think it. we can live with I that. I like it. All right, perfect. Um, we'll have a lot more news. Uh, Kanan actually will be seeing Tomb Raider early this week, yes. uh, and I probably will be not seeing that movie ever. So stay tuned. No one cares, Juwan. <laughs> 
stay tuned for us to very shortly uh, review that awesome, god-awful movie that, that's coming down the pipeline. No, I'm just joking. That movie will probably be really good. Even though the female Indiana Jones. Don't don't put that in the same category. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just say, just say. If if anything, say it's a female Uncharted. Even though Tomb Raider came first, it's a female Uncharted. There we go. That's okay. Well, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it Tuesday. (laughs) It's sexist. Um, so make sure you let us know how it is, then, Kanan. Um, I think that's it, guys. I think we can wrap it up. Uh, Anyone have to have anything else? Yes, don't, don't be a no, fool. Wrap your tool. Yeah. Dane, you're, Dane, you're still my your you're still my bro. Oh, dude, I, I love debating, and I, I love Kaden, and I love Jawan, and I love everyone, and uh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun yeah. uh, talking. Right. Well, Dane, Wrestling Dane, Geeks Alliance, Dane. Wednesdays, I think we're moving to. Yeah. Yes, yes. And also, Dane, you can't love everybody. It has to only be us. What, what, what are you talking about? I'm an, I'm a cosmic entity, like up there with Galactus and um, uh, Larry Bird, Silver Surfer. Oh, Larry Bird, <laughs> Larry Bird. I didn't know, yep. but it makes sense. He doesn't look like a bit, so it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yes, and also stay tuned for um, uh, Full Court Press. Uh, Dane's brother Luke has been an amazing addition uh, to the show. You, you don't you don't you don't have a brother now, Dane? Oh no no no! My brother Luke, he's a badass. He's he's great. Yeah, Love. I'm like I thought I said that, <laughs> but but yes, he's been a great addition. Um, so stay tuned for that. Also, it'll be on Thursdays, and Wrestling Geeks Alliance will be on Wednesdays. Uh, make sure you tune in Wednesday because Dane and Chris will be going over Fastlane that comes yep. on in I think like eight minutes. So stay tuned for oh. that. And thank yeah, comes on very soon. I think. I hope so, I think. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Geek Vibes Live, and we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Nanu, nanu. Goodbye. Nanu, nanu. It's simple, B. It's just wrap it up. Wrap that shit up, B. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.